Hey, we want to give a shout out to a partner of the show. Uh, just came on board Appliance Repair Service Incorporated, not to be uh, confused with the with the other uh, imposters that are out there. Uh, but we want to give them a shout out. They're a partner on the show. They've provided us these really cool koozies uh, for this football season. Some of you probably already have these. Um, or you'll get one when you come to the tailgate this Saturday against the Gamecocks um, in C8. Uh, but come by and see us this Saturday. Uh, get you one of these koozies. Uh, they're provided by Appliance Repair Service Incorporated. Uh, these guys do uh, repair work on your Maytag, your Whirlpool, washer, dryer, dishwasher, refrigerator, any type of appliance you got uh, that's Whirlpool, Maytag. They do a lot of warranty work on those on those products. Um, and they'll also come out and look at other items as well that are maybe out of warranty. Uh, but hopefully you don't need them, but if you do and you're in the Knoxville, Sevier County, Hamblin County, Anderson County, Loudoun, Granger, um, Blunt County areas, Call them up. They'll take care of you. 9-865-947-4100. They're on Facebook as well. Um, Appliance Repair Service Incorporated. Uh, They have a website that's coming soon, arsinox.com. They're also uh, four-star rated on the Better Business Bureau and also um, have a near five-star rating on Google Reviews. So check these guys out. Tell them Section YY8 sent you. They'll get you a koozie. And hopefully they'll get your uh, washer, dryer, microwave, dishwasher repaired. Uh, but give these guys a call. Tell them Section YY8 sent you. back everybody section yy8 podcast negative niece coming to you wherever you're listening throughout the world uh from the section yy8 studios um who we got with us this week introduce yourselves it's been that long day day ball day day ball from morristown big montana from god's country mascot tennessee big harv here uh, from Rutledge by way of Strawberry Plains, Tennessee, or I may have gotten that backwards, but you know what I mean. Yeah, we we get the point. Yeah. So, so we got the crew back together. <laughs> so, 
Um, I don't know if y'all saw, but we had like record breaking numbers last week on this podcast. It was crazy. For last I looked, I haven't looked today. It was like 433 views on the YouTube channel. And I'll look really quick while I'm rambling to see how many audio downloads. I don't know where this came from. Um, I have a feeling there was some uh, Georgia and Florida fans got a hold of the episode because I had several comments on the YouTube page from Florida and Georgia fans. So <laughs> well, it's like somebody said, I think it was Nick Bernard listener to the show. Any publicity is good pub publicity. So. <laughs> but um, it says here, according to Spotify, we had 102 plays on the audio version. And um, I don't know how many YouTube, but uh, last I looked, I can find it really quickly here. It was like 433. So like record-breaking huge week for uh, the podcast. 413 views, it said. I said 433, so I was 20 off. But 413 plus 102, great numbers. I don't know what happened, but uh, maybe it was Reach Griff, Harbin. I don't know. Maybe, maybe good for business. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. If numbers plummet this week, we'll know why. I think people just like to enjoy our misery. Well, yeah. it's, I've always said losing is good for business sometimes on shows. Like if you have a podcast or you uh, have a recruiting or like VolQuest website type or write for the newspaper – you know, everything's good when you're winning and everybody's happy, which we had big numbers last year after the Bama and LSU games. But uh, I think – I can't remember who it was text me last week and said, we thought you all would be more mad at each other and, you know, like argue with each other back and forth. <laughs> and I was like, why would we be mad at each other? Like, we lost one game. So, like, get over it. But, yeah, thanks to everybody who listened this week. I don't know who you are, where you're at across the continental United States or the world, but uh, really appreciate everybody listening. We had fun talking about the disaster game last week at Florida, but uh, what did y'all think about the game yesterday? Vols blow out the Roadrunners from San Antonio. Whoever wants to go first, go ahead. What did y'all think? It took care of business. I, I mean, is what it is. Go ahead, Montana. I thought that uh, Vols answered back. They did exactly what they had to do, what they needed to do. Um, if you looked at the internet, sky still falling. Joe Milton can't complete a pass. Um, you know, everybody's just calm down. Like these games are played. If you know, if the line was set and, you know, there'd never be upsets, you know, if we didn't play the game, like anything can happen at any time, uh, you know, play the game to win. Uh, we did that. We basically scored three touchdowns in the first quarter. The third touchdown scored in the first play of the second quarter. Um, you know, they come out really flat in the third quarter, but you're beating a team 31 nothing going into halftime. You know, it's hard to get fired up. They went in there and had their slice of orange and a banana and a couple shots of Gatorade. And, you know, they talked about what their girlfriends were doing after the game. They come out, you know, looked like crap in the third quarter. Then they bounced back and had a pretty decent fourth quarter. But, you know, it's hard to go 100% when you're sitting there thinking, well, this next play I could tear my ACL. 
I could do all this. We're beating this team. There's no way they can come back. And, you know, I think that's what you saw. Um, I think Saturday um, we're going to be just fine. I think it's going to be a dog fight until it's not one way or the other. Um, but I'm – everything is still in front of us. We have everything to play for. Uh, yeah, losing to Florida sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Um, they're definitely going to lose two games in the SEC, and it's going to be fine. So, go balls. Harbin, what do you think? Uh, we did what we needed to do, just like Montana said. Uh, like we said last week, uh, we need to come out and pounce on them early, and this kind of be a momentum game, like a confidence booster type deal. And first play of the game, 80-yard run by Joe right out of the gate. Uh, that was really cool to see. Um, yeah, we just took care of business. We looked really good in the first half. Uh, then we slowed down a little bit in the third quarter and um, just kind of just kind of coasted a little bit. Had a pretty good fourth quarter, like, like Bowling said. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think I think we look solid for the most part. Um I cross all out Joe. Uh, unlike some of the haters and losers will say, they will say differently. Um he didn't he didn't look good after he kind of tweaked his knee a little bit, which I'm not too concerned about that. You know, he's probably a little nervous about getting hit again. But I expect him to be fine for next week and um overall I'll give this game like a like an A minus. I like what I saw. Richard G. West is reporting he's out next week. Mm. You got an MRI? Yeah, he he had a, he was at the hospital. He's out. Nico's starting. So take take that for what it's worth. Well, the line is switched. If Richard West, Richard G. West, the line is switched. I don't know. Yeah. Um. If if Joe's out, the line is South Carolina minus eleven. Yeah. Um. My thoughts quickly. I thought Tennessee did what they needed to do, like we talked about last week. I texted you all this earlier today in our group chat that remember Harbin, we talked in our season preview and circumstances have changed their quarterbacks out Frank Harris. And I think they had some, was it one or two offensive linemen out or somebody else was out. They're missing a couple players. And, but at the start of the season, we were, I don't think worried about this game, but it was one that you couldn't overlook, not your typical buy game where you, you come in and expect to throttle somebody 52 to 14 or whatever it may be um, because these guys are pretty good for a, a group of five team. Uh, they're going to – we're supposed to compete for their conference. I don't know if that's still on the table or not. I think they are still in contention, but they can't – I don't think they can afford to lose anything else. But um, not having Frank Harris at quarterback hurts them and, and the other guys. Um, and I thought Tennessee played really – probably their – Besides the Virginia game, I thought they played better than the Virginia game. That was their best half of football all year. Um, Lowell in the third quarter, three three straight – well, three punts to start the third quarter on three drives. They did get one first down, but um, San Antonio scored on their first two possessions, kind of just marched right down the field. Tennessee punted. San Antonio got the ball back. Um, I really thought Tennessee could have – stymied that after that first drive because Joe Milton had Squirrel White wide open in the middle of the field. And mm -hmm. combination of Squirrel White not turning around and Joe Milton throwing it five yards behind him, uh, which is 
happening quite a bit with him still, but uh, that was going to be a touchdown. I mean, there was nobody between him and the end zone. They were behind him. But um, but anyways, I thought overall Joe played pretty well. Um, it's obvious that there's some limitations with him. Um, he's got a cannon arm. He's very athletic, as you saw in the 81-yard touchdown run, but he just can't. Accuracy over the middle of the field is suspect at best, and they don't really try to throw over the middle of the field. Um, they did a little more this week than they have, but it's still not much at all. But uh, but overall, I thought the running game was really well. Sampson was outstanding. they got to find a way to get that dude more touches, and I thought they did what we needed them to Electric. do or what they needed to do. Um, as my computer is telling me, my internet is unstable, so – Hopefully that doesn't yeah, it's definitely uh, jank. Well, your internet's about as good as that dude trying to cover the punt uh, <laughs> that we blocked. Yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Still I mean, I, that one. That's just that's like middle school football stuff, high school football stuff at best. Yeah, why? I mean, if you played that um, much football, how do you not know that? I don't know. I, listen, we're talking about Joe Milton and his success <laughs> at quarterback. I think his biggest thing right now is he needs some receivers to step up and make some plays for him. Um, still, I mean, dude, like, I understand, like, if the ball's behind you and stuff like that, or, you know, but like, there was like three drop passes in that game that were just Castle started, or is that his name? Castle? I tight don't end? know, man. I don't yes, know. The I new tight end. Like, he yeah, started like catch just football. the off ball. It hit him right in the hands, just dropped it. I mean, I, I get it. It happens. But then it was just like one after the other. It was just something happened. Well, and it's it's like I was listening to another podcast this morning, and it's like when they get in a – it's like they get in a bad rhythm and they can't get out of it for a minute. Yeah. Um, but there was like right before the end of the half, they uh, threw a bomb to Brew McCoy, and it was literally like, you can't see it if you're listening, but less than a, you know, like six inches from him hauling it in and it being 35 to nothing instead of 31 to nothing. Um, so, I mean, is this, is there just a tick off? It seems like the timing's not there. Joe Milton's not as accurate. I'm just, I'm convinced now he's not going to be as accurate um, as we're used to seeing with Hendon Hooker. And they're going to have to find other right. ways to move the ball up and down the field and him. He's just not he's not Hendon Hooker, and I think we're gonna have to get used to that. But if Tennessee runs the right. football and they they did a pretty good job yesterday with penalties, only had five for 40 yards, they do that stuff and and don't for put it all on Joe's shoulders, they'll be fine. And if the defense plays like they did in the first yeah. half, I think they'll be fine. But are I don't know. I was thinking about this yeah. earlier earlier today. Are we and not to say just us, but Vol Nation as a whole. Are we nitpicking this team a little bit? What do you yep. think? Yes and no. Yep. We are, but when you go into Florida as a touchdown favorite and lose by two touchdowns, that's when, like, nitpicking turns into just angst. And I think that's what we've been going through in this last week and a half. Like, we laid an ostrich egg, and that's why everybody's upset. Like, if we'd went down there and kind of lost in thrilling fashion, but we looked pretty good, I think the attitude would be a little bit different. But 
Short answer, yeah. I think we're nitpicking, but that's based on – I think we're basing it on last year a little bit. Day-Day I mean, said it Saturday. He said that, that that Florida game, you know, somewhat shows you what your team is. But he said Peyton Manning teams did that in Gainesville too. And I somewhat agree with it. Um, but we we overlooked Florida. I mean, I, I think we did. I think that we watched that Utah game and saw how they just got exposed. And that was a huge game for Florida. They were fired up. The fans were fired up. Tennessee thought we'd have, you know, 40% of the attendance in there. We didn't. Um, and we come out there, thought we were going to win, and we got our ass kicked. So you can either roll over and play dead, or you can come back out and still go try to win the East. I think it made it frustrating. Harbin texts us this that Florida beat Charlotte 22 to 7 yesterday, and it was closer than that at different yeah. points. It was like 16 to 7. Um, I think they kicked well, two I mean, field goals like, in the fourth quarter. I think that goes along with how Tennessee played Austin P. I mean, I think they always yeah. knew they were going to win the game, but you know, we got bigger things to play for. We're tired of playing these little chicken shit teams, and you know, it goes back to man, like all this NIL money and everything. It's it's got a lot to do with how these players are looking at these games. Like, I'm not going to go out here and give 100 percent because you know what. It's not worth getting hurt over. We're playing UConn. We're playing Austin P. We're playing whoever. Texas, San Antonio, whatever state. So, you know, that's not the game film they're going to be looked at. They're going to be looked at the Florida, Bama, Georgia, you know, Kentucky, Missouri. That They're going to be looked at that stuff. And I just think that players are kind of seeing this as a business now instead of, you know, with pageantry and pride and – school colors and hey you know we give our all for tennessee i think it with social media and the internet and branding it's all become a business just like the nfl and i think that's why you're seeing Cade Mays set out right now because he knows you know hey maybe next week i could go out there and do this so we'll see what happens yeah well what's your all's thoughts on Cade Mays not playing and i wasn't surprised that he didn't play but i know griff griff last week on here was pretty adamant that Cade Mays play and also Nico. It didn't work out with Nico because of the score. We let it get a little bit too close, but I don't mean to um, cut you off, but Cade Mays doesn't have any eligibility left. It's Cooper Mays. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. And, and Correction. Cooper, Cooper Mays. Mays. In relation to Cooper Mays, at this point. Are they related? <laughs> at this point, I don't give a shit if he plays at, at all this year. Uh, because it came out today that it was his – or it came out yesterday or whenever it was that it was his decision not to play. And he suited up the last two weeks and didn't play. It's getting annoying at this point, and at this point I really don't even care if he plays or not. Maybe I'm being a little crude, but that's just how I feel about it. I definitely care if he plays because I think he's yeah. going to open up our offense a lot more because he's going to give Joe Milton a lot more time in the pocket to make a decision. Our offensive line because Joe, is, Joe, Joe cannot throw while he's moving, and the more time he has to sit flat-footed and thread that needle, um, we're going to be significantly better. It just doesn't feel like he cares, honestly. I mean, obviously, uh, he does. well, I mean, I don't. I mean, they all care. But I mean, yes, they care. Then I'm over exaggerating. I mean, but. dude had surgery on hernias, so at some point. 
you're cleared, but you're not mentally cleared too. I mean, it's a, it's all kinds of, I don't know. I'm not going to say he cares or doesn't care, but if you're going to have a three hernias corrected, you got six weeks to get back on the field. I don't know if I'd do it either. I'm being honest. Well, I didn't mind him sitting out last week. I think I was frustrated that he, and I guess maybe I was more frustrated with Heupel and the staff saying all week that they expected him to play and all that, and then he didn't. And they kind of said the – they changed the tone just a little bit this week. They said he's a game-time decision. Um, same thing with Slaughter. And I don't know – I didn't – I couldn't see – Slaughter's his foot, I think. Yeah, right? did he play yesterday? I didn't even no, know. No, he didn't. I didn't, he didn't think he did. Lolly um, or whatever that one Judy, guy. Double Judy last Lally. name. Yeah. He he played in a spot. Which is fine. I mean, I, again, San Antonio is not the team we thought they were. Um, uh, we expected them to be better to start. Fringe top 25 team, they're just not that right now. So, Tennessee could get away with with not having their A game or not playing everybody. And they pretty much had their A game on both sides of the football. Um, like Day Day said, the only blemish was the special team snafu on the punt. Um, but, you know, I – I was not expecting Cooper mate with the language they had. I wasn't expecting him to play. Um, and I would expect him to play this Saturday. If he doesn't play this Saturday, he's not going to play this year. I'm not sure he's going to play at all this year. Um, I'll tell you I, this. We, we've talked about, you know, the atmosphere with the teams and the players right now. And I talked about, you know, it being a business and like certain things playing a factor and, you know, with, what games you play and stuff like this. But there's not a front runner in college football right now. I've watched every top 10 team. Nobody looks unbeatable. Everybody looks like, you know, they have holes in their defense. They're, I mean, you know, the two best quarterbacks, May and Williams or whatever, I mean, their teams look beatable too. Um, you know, Notre Dame and Ohio State last night. It was a good game, but like, so many mistakes, so many pre-snap penalties, so many just just stupid mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think this is wide open for anybody right now. And I think your national champion may have a loss on the record. I think I think there'll be four playoff teams that may have one loss too because I don't think anybody's going to run the table this year. I, I tell you a team that I watched last night and they just beat the heck out of the team they were playing was Washington. Oh, and yeah, Phoenix Jr., who was at Indiana, who Butch Jones recruited here. Um, I mean, they they just they're they're good now. I know they're in the Pac 12 is getting a lot of love this year, but I don't know, you know, they always kind of fall flat on their face. But Washington looks good, but Big Montana's right. Me and my dad were talking at dinner tonight. Like, the SEC's wide open this year. I that's why, I, like, I was mad that Tennessee lost to Florida and I was frustrated. And then you take take a step back and look like we still got, and I said it last week, we still got a lot to play for. We beat South Carolina this Saturday. We're off a week. We can get healthy. A and M comes to town. We win that game. We're five and one going to Alabama. And who knows what they're going? They might. They kind of turned it around yesterday, but they've still got problems on offense. Just Ole Miss wasn't any good. Um, yeah. But I mean, Tennessee's still got a lot to play for. Who knows what'll happen to Georgia? Um, but Tennessee's still right in the mix. I mean, don't lose a game until you play Georgia and beat them. 
Yeah. You're right there. So that's why I, yeah, I was, I was pissed off. We lost to Florida 17 out of 19 years. We've lost to those SOBs, but you still got a lot to play for. Right. Harbin. Absolutely. (laughs) Get your head up Harbin. Yeah. My head's up. My head's up. (laughs) I'm kidding. Harbin. Your head was always up. And, but like I, I just get so frustrated reading everybody's comments about you know some how's Joe Milton twenty four years old like something like that you know you know he's a I mean listen he's an adult you know he can go die in Iraq you know what I mean like you know he's an adult he's not a kid anymore uh, he's getting paid so I mean I understand <laughs> that you know yeah. uh, you know it's funny you say that because. These announcers on college games, they always refer to these players in all college sports as kids, but when they're in the NFL, they're adults. And I'm like, yeah. these guys ain't kids. No, can't stand it. But anyway, like, like, man, like, Hopple went, what, 11 and 2 last year? Yes. And like, with all kinds of, you know, stuff going on as far as like, playing with old players and putting people here and like injuries and everything else. Like give the guy a chance, man. Everybody's talking about the honeymoon's over and all this, like, (laughs) you know, like just shut up and sit back and enjoy college football. I mean, it's just, it's silly to me. Like, okay, what if the guy goes nine and three this year, eight and four? Okay. Well, Scott, whatever number recruiting class coming in, you're going to get your guy you want. Everybody wants Nico. Like, uh, okay, like he's going to be here next year. It's going to be fine. Like, you're going to get everything you want and all these receivers and everybody else is going to be a year older. And, you know, what if this is a rebuilding year? I called it a gap. I feel like it's a gap year. I do too. And, but that's not saying you can't go out here and win a championship. But, like, and everybody's on Tim Banks and all this other stuff right here. Like, guys, sometimes guys just got to have a little dog in them and make a damn tackle. Like, if if you're humping a guy up the field and you give him 20 yards of uh, progress because you couldn't wrap him up, like, that's not on the coach. That's on the player. Like, this is stupid. But, like, everybody's like, well, we can't allow them to score. Like, this defense in this system is meant to get three or four stops a game and we're meant to go 125 miles an hour and score 40 points. That's how we're going to win games. And if it doesn't happen that way, we're going to lose. But this this offense is meant to go that fast. Our defense needs to get a couple of turnovers and a couple of stops, and we're going to win ball games. If you don't, then we won't. It's easy. Um, I think but the only defense is not what defense was in 1998. Uh, no, nobody plays defense. I mean, there's a few teams that yeah. kind of do, but. Uh, the only knock I had on the defense yesterday was third down conversions. They gave up eight of 19, which is less than 50%, but it's still too many. Still too against many. Against that type of team. Yeah, right. And the situation they're in with, I mean, they brought in their third string quarterback. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess the first half, you're not giving that up. It's that really the third quarter, you had just. Yeah ridiculousness it's, it's 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 not it's not the third and twos that bother me it's the third and nines the third and elevens the third and seven like yeah that's the stops you gotta get and get off the field well and we'll i don't know day day how long you're gonna be able to be on here tonight so we'll kind of move on to south carolina that's the thing that semi worries me about them south carolina is not very good on defense i think the last stats i read 
this morning, and I don't know if they were updated or not, but they're in like the 120s in total defense. They're not very good. And you saw Mississippi State threw all over them last night, even though they beat Mississippi State. But Spencer Rattler is playing it. State a, got screwed, but that's not true. There. True. Um, Spencer Rattler is playing at a fairly high level right now, I guess you could say. I've been pretty impressed accurate, with him. Pretty accurate. Uh, so that's what bothers me about this game this weekend coming up. Um. Tennessee sometimes inability to get off the field. But we saw that last year with this team. They weren't very good sometimes on third down defense. They didn't turn the ball over. A, that was a knock last year we kept asking. Just force a turnover to here or there. And they did yesterday. I think they had three, two interceptions and a fumble, strip sack fumble recovery. Mm-hmm. But they've not really done that at all this year. There's hardly been any turnovers out of this defense. I think – a key this Saturday. I don't know how they figure out how to do it. Defensive line's got to play. Um, got to get better. pressure. They got to get pressure on Spencer. I mean, Rattler. look at what look at what North Carolina did. That's what you have to do. Because South Carolina can't run the football. They're not. No. they can't run the football. They can't. I mean, it's bad. So you know he's going to drop back and pass. So send send four and get pressure. And cover your guys. I mean, the, the I, I honestly, threat. I honestly think that's the answer is send four. They beat you deep, whatever. Like get back there and just absolutely ruin his day. You know, make it hurt. The the recipe's simple. Run the hell out of the ball and stop the run. I mean, in our three wins this year, we're averaging probably like two hundred eighty yards on the ground, and we're letting our opponents probably average around a hundred. You know, I mean, I'm not saying it has to be that that wide, but run the ball and uh, open it up for Joe and stop the run and make Spencer Rattler do what he did against us last year to make them beat us. Yeah, that's I think it's that simple. So, Day Day, are you going to be able to stick around, or, or are you out after yeah. this segment? How long we got in this segment? We got five minutes in this segment, according to oh, the, yeah. Zoom, the Zoom clock. Uh, yeah, it's only nine thirty-five. Uh, good. Um, I just I, I feel like this these next two games. Me and my uncle talked about it this morning. He crashed at the house last night. Um, the these next two games I think are huge for Tennessee, South Carolina, Texas A and M. You lose both of them, does the season kind of spiral? Not out of control, but it goes a different direction than we were all thinking because these were two games in the start of the season that most would pick Tennessee to win. They're favored in. The percentages say they should win. Um, If they go one and one, what does that mean? But if they win both of these games, there is a ton of momentum behind this team heading to Tuscaloosa in a few weeks. So I think these next two games are huge. Uh, This game Saturday could be – it's a night game at Neyland Stadium. South Carolina's coming to town. We all know what happened to us last year in Columbia – so there's going to be that revenge factor. I want some. I want some uh, blood spilled on Saturday. Some rooster like, blood. Ring. I don't ring. trust the defense to stop Rattler, but what you're saying, the revenge factor, man, Hypo is petty. So you know he's got something. Yep. Again, like, I, I I don't want to underestimate. It's a night game at Neyland Stadium. We saw this atmosphere in this when this place gets riled up. 
in as Harbin and it's going to be riled up from the get. Oh just yeah, because of last year. Boys, this is going to be our tailgate's going to be riled up. It's going to be a ruckus. Don't Good. bring your kid. Don't bring yeah. your kid. It's uh, oh, my boy's coming. He's experienced coming. Even. Don't I don't want to see there. Dane. I don't want to see Dane in earmuffs. He needs to be full throat. <laughs> he, he won't be in Z eleven. How about that? Okay. <laughs> will I be? In, will I be, be in Z eleven? <laughs> he'll be up in Y ten in the calm adult sections. <laughs> yeah, we brought we brought some crazy slippers to Z eleven. Go ahead, Harbin. Sorry. I think it's game <laughs> crowd wise and like feel wise is going to be a hybrid between Kentucky last year and Ole Miss two years ago. It's gonna it's gonna be nasty. Yeah, sure. I said Ole Miss too. Yeah, and the reason I say Ole Miss is because if we get down or if we lose, like it's gonna. I'm not saying it's gonna get quite that bad because there obviously took some. Uh, there were some things that happened for that, but it's going to be rocking. Like this, like outside the Alabama game, this could be one of the loudest games in Neyland in a good while. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm these, uh, the first two home games, I was glad to be back on campus, but this one, I'm, this is one I'm actually like looking forward to going in to the stadium to, you know, actually actively participate in the game. These first two games, you know, not paying attention. You kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, a lot of socializing at the tailgate and in the stadium. Uh, but this is business on Saturday. Serious business. <laughs> I want to wring a chicken's neck. Everybody go into the stadium an hour and a half before kickoff. That way you can ensure you're in your seat for kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> that mess yesterday, I went into gate 14, and so Axis is their security guards, and they have this cattle system now instead of just everybody lining up because, you know, we're all adults, so we figure out, hey, there's a door, we can walk through it. Um, you know, God forbid somebody brings in an airplane bottle and you don't get to make $13 off a damn Bud Light. Um but yeah, I left the truck at 3.30, and we finally got in at 4.05. Um, just, I mean, it wasn't Bristol, but the Bristol game, but it was pretty darn near close. Very stupid. And then as I got close, the young lady told me to hurry, and I looked at her and laughed in her face and thought about just laying down. Um, but I didn't because I was ready to go in. But just moronic. If Danny White can fix anything this year, fix how we get into the stadium. Fix so, it, Danny. Tweet him. I'll tweet his ass. Hey, take your friends. I didn't have any problem getting in the stadium. Got in quick. What time did you walk in, though? I guess I'm just <laughs> going to have to. I, I really don't remember, but 22 is never never bad. So yeah, we, need much, to, we, need find, we need to find How much did you eat before kickoff? There's all kinds of food underneath my seat when you left. <laughs> I had one barbecue sandwich. That was it. Oh, well, it looked like you had all kinds of stuff down there. I, was like, <laughs> I just had the one barbecue you, sandwich. You just dropped like $40 in here. <laughs> so we lost Day Day here in the transition of um, our free Zoom sessions that we that we uh, participate that we record this on and participate in. But 
uh, talked to Day Day uh, during our little uh, PP break and uh, intermission here, and he has the Vols winning uh, next up. Saturday against the Cox, forty-five to thirty-seven, and he says, "Tell everybody go Vols." So from Day Day Vol to our listeners, he says, "Go Vols," and the Vols win forty-five thirty-seven. What's your all's outlook? on the game Saturday predictions. How do the Vols fare this Saturday against the Cox? Carbon. I think the easy way to to say it is it depends on which team we get. Um, My personal opinion, if we have any life left, which I think we do after that ETSA game, if we have any life left, I think we win by two touchdowns. Plus. Uh, I'm not – I want to limit them, them to that. But I think it went by two touchdowns. Um, we've discussed that South Carolina can't run the ball. Um, and I think it is extremely, extremely important that we do run the ball um, for obvious reasons. Um, but, yes, I mean, the game changes and schemes change, but some of the core values stay the same. If you run the ball and you stop the run, more than likely you're going to win. You know, I mean, obviously they got a very talented quarterback and we don't have to talk about what he did to us last year. But we remember that. And a lot of these guys on this defense remember it too. And they've got something to prove. And with it being at home and a night game and a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, I think we come out there and do it. I'm taking Vols. I'm going to go – 41 to 24. Okay, 41 24. Big Montana. What do you think the Vols do Saturday? Um, I feel the same way Harvard feels. Um, I think this is going to be a statement game for this team. Um, my score prediction is 45 to 24. I think the Volunteers absolutely roll. I think they're going to roll early. I think Nalen is going to be a just an all-out ruckus. Um, I think that they're going to be able to get to Rattler. I think they're going to shake him up. I think the defense is going to make – the defense feels really bad for how they played last year. I think the defense is going to come out and take this personal. Um, then I think we're just going to stomp their ass. And if we don't, I'll be pissed. I just want to win. Um, I don't care if we win by one or hundred, but I just want to win. But I'll I'll say you y'all are a little more optimistic than I am about it. I think Tennessee wins this football game Saturday. Um, if this game was in Columbia, I would probably take South Carolina. Just being just being honest, Tennessee doesn't play good on the road for some reason right now. I'm starting to think it's Harbin. Because look back at the three, look back at the last three road losses: Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. There's two combination. There's one combination of things that happened that game. Harbin was at those games. Hey, well, yep. let's not. Hey, <laughs> let's not ignore the fact that you were at two out of those three. I, I was. Now, here's another thing. My uncle brought up uh, this weekend, also at the Florida game last Saturday or two Saturdays ago. Now, there was no JWTDG stickers. He forgot him. What happened in the what happened in the South Carolina game? He didn't leave us stickers to wear. 
What happened in the Georgia game last year? Melody forgot him at her house. No JWTDG stickers. We didn't have him against Austin P. We struggled. We didn't have him at Florida. So we put him on yesterday, and what do we do in the first half? 31 nothing. I'm going to have one. I'm just saying. I have one over my heart. I'm going to have one in the middle of my forehead. And I might put one around my belt buckle. Because we are going – That's we're going to do – we're going to win the damn game. We need uh, – Eric, Eric, I know you're listening. Bring the damn stickers. I'm going to make my own sticker that says bring the damn stickers. So I I have a probably dozen left in my backpack that I'll be bringing, and he has a, a little bit of a roll left at his house that he'll be bringing. So we'll have stickers there Saturday for everybody. He's got to get some more printed. But combination of those two things, we've gotten off track here, but that's why Tennessee doesn't play good on the road. No JWTDG stickers and Harbin. And maybe me. Uh, <laughs> probably me. Also, I've also made the executive decision to not go to Tuscaloosa just for the sake of the program. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> go down there and we get beat. Uh, just know that it's not my fault. I'm. It's about 90% chance I'll be at that game, so it would probably be my fault. Um, but anyways, I think Tennessee wins this football game. I'm looking at um, – VegasInsider.com right now. Um, the early betting lines for this game, Harbin, you're our uh, resident expert um, in this area, but there's only a couple of them out at this point. I expect more to come out tomorrow. Um, I don't know who this group is, but one has Tennessee minus 12 and a half. Looks like DraftKings has Tennessee minus 13 and a half, and all the others are NA at this point. Um Looks like the over-under is like 63 and a half points. Um, uh, BetMGM. BetMGM has it at 11 and a half. Uh, it, it's and hovering that, anywhere between 11 and 13 points right now, it sounds like. Um, so nearly, we'll nearly two touchdown favorites. I'm a little hesitant. If it if it gets a little lower, I would – I'm talking from a betting standpoint, I would take Tennessee – Right now, I lean more toward taking South Carolina in that department, but I just think both of these teams have some flaws where uh, South Carolina's not good defensively. We're a little up and down offensively, and we take naps on defense sometimes, it seems like. This game, to me, has all the makings of a kind of a tight back-and-forth game, and Tennessee being at home maybe pulls away by – two scores at the end, 10 to 14 points. Um, but there's also a part of me, I don't know why I'm thinking like this, it kind of reminds me of Kentucky last year a little bit, but I know they're the quarterback situation in those two programs is totally different. You know, Levis was banged up last year, and he wasn't great. Their offensive line sucked. We came in, night game, black jerseys, it was rowdy. Uh, kind of the same atmosphere we're expecting this weekend. I don't know what we're wearing. I hope we wear orange and white. I haven't seen them wear that all year. I did like the jersey Saturday, the all orange. Don't get me wrong. But I need the classics, man. I just need them. Um, in a big game, night game, Neyland Stadium, give me the classics. But um, I just – I don't know. Part of me, about 20% of me feels like Tennessee might come out and play their best game of the year this Saturday. We saw flashes of it against – uh, UTSA for 
pretty much three halves. One half we didn't. Um, but I can also see Spencer Rattler coming out and going 22 of 30 for 300-something yards and three or four touchdowns. Um, it's just that guy tore us up last year. He's playing at a pretty high level right now. Um, what's that receiver's name? Leggett, Leggett. He's fast, physical. Um, I don't know how our corners match up against that dude, but he's going to be a challenge. But I don't know. I think Tennessee wins. I think it's going to be a tight ball game throughout. Um, we're going to have to make some plays. Joe Milton is going to have to make some plays. We can't commit penalties. We got to run the football, and we got to force some turnovers. We got to pressure. Uh, we got to pressure Rattler and force turnovers. But I think Tennessee wins in a in a in a uh, seven to ten point game. I think um, one of the more important things that most people aren't going to talk about is we need to jump on them early. Yes. Them early, like let's say we go right down the field and then we get a three and out or vice versa, we get an early turnover, something along those lines. Like it don't have to be as drastic as the LSU game last year, but something like that. That's going to be extremely important, and if we if we jump on them early and we sustain that, we're going to whoop their ass. Like that's just how it is. Now, if we don't, we're going to be in a rock fight, and I'm prepared for both. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it just yeah. is what like through the first four games right now. I mean, you're lying if you know exactly if you pretty much know what's going to happen in any game this year. Um, but, yeah, step on them early and then get the run game established, and I don't think we'll be sweating much, honestly. Yeah, if, you, if you're if you Tennessee and you win the toss, do you take the ball to start the game or do you, do you defer to the second half and kick off and play defense? You defer and let the crowd go ape shit. I agree. You always want to. You always want to be able to get that that swing at the end of the half and beginning of the half. If you can score and get the ball back and score again, that's it's way more important. Even if you give up three points or seven points to begin the game, which I don't think they will. I just Tom Brady made a living off that. You know, being able to double dip. Well, I'm. Um, this is the first big game of the year I've been to. Harbin's been to Florida. Um, but we should have a pretty pretty large group at the tailgate. So hope to see Harbin back there with us Saturday. He he took an off he took a day off last Saturday, but it's all right. It's all right. We managed it without him, but uh should have a pretty good tailgate Saturday. We'll have some of the um we'll have some of the koozies there. Our friends from Appliance Repair Service uh will will be providing those again. So we'll have those and some stickers there. So come by and see us. Um, do we want to do haters and losers next, or do we want to do our special segment that I've not told you all anything about to give you time to prepare for the haters and losers? I like surprises. Yeah. All right. So, Harbin, this is for you. This segment is for you. I conducted an exclusive interview this week uh, for the show. Um, let me pull it up here. So I'm going to try to play it through here. Hopefully you can hear it. Um, but uh, for the show part, I will edit it out and place it in here so it sounds better. But um, I sat down exclusively with Blake Talley on Wednesday night, Harbin, 
and he's not happy with your comments last week about his golf swing. Let's take a listen. All right, we're a uh, special interview here. We're in a dugout on field four um, with uh, a kid, Blake Talley. Talley, uh, here's your chance for a rebuttal against Harbin's uh, malicious comments against you. What do you what do you think about his comments about your golf game? I mean, they're flat out disrespectful. I mean, I got I got parts of my game I need to work on. Uh, quite a bit of part of my games I need to work on, to be quite honest with you. But just to say you didn't need to bring your whole bag, it kind of hurt a little bit. And all I got to say is either show up to the course or quit talking. Did, did you cry when you heard those comments? I was hurt. Uh, I listened to it on Spotify originally, and I had to go to YouTube to see everybody's facial reaction. And it really hurt deep down inside. And, snow, you just... Woken up a sleeping giant. We and we don't we don't condone bullying on our podcast. I just want you to know that. Well, that's good. I didn't report <laughs> you for any bullying purposes. Uh, I was going to let the play on the course take its. Take when, its when can we expect this uh, match to take place? <sighs> Whenever Harb's not scared. That's all I got to say about it. All right, Harb, you've been you've been put on notice, Harb. It's on you at this point. <laughs> So that was the exclusive interview with uh, Mr. Blake Talley, listener to the show. Um, he <laughs> he took a lot of grief that night at the ball field um, for your comments calling him a kid. Um, so we called him a kid all night. But uh, what what's your what do you think about that? I mean, he's basically called you out and and challenged you to a match. I don't remember verbatim what I said last week, but we can roll back the tape. I don't think I was quivering when I made those comments about. I Mr. don't think you were. Tally's <laughs> golf game. I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Uh, we're friends on 18 birdies. I've seen his scores he throws up. I don't know if he's ever broke 80 outside the week course. You know, so. Oh. <laughs> man, like, he came back at me. Now so, so I have, he sent me early. So we released this pod last week's show uh, Sunday night. He sends me a text message and says, "The disrespect I received will not go unnoticed. This is the last time we both played Ruggles." Uh, I believe this is you. You shot a. Uh, let's see. This was on nine eleven twenty three. You shot an eighty two. Is that correct? Yep. And he shot an eighty nine. Yep. So. Keep in mind that is my worst score at Ruggles this year. I've I've played with you several times this summer, and that's not up to your standards. I that's will good. say that. You know, me, me and uh, me and good friend of the show, Nick Bain, we was out there just having a good time, and I didn't have a good breakfast, and I had to work that evening. You know, it was just my mind wasn't in the round. And Mister Tally, I know you're listening. Whenever you want to play, wherever. It could be at 3 a.m. on Mars. My head will be in it, and I'll have half my clubs, and we can set the line at wherever you want it. So I'm and I'm going to request whenever this match. Commenting on this podcast ever again. So I'm going to request when this match takes place that I play in this grouping. Yeah. So I, I want to be there. Hell, bring a camera. We'll do a live stream. There we go. It'll be like Bob does sports. Absolutely. Fat Perez got him a hole in one other day, by the way. That was so, fantastic. Awesome. Content. Fantastic. I think the the better content from Bob does sports the other day was when 
uh, Fat Perez did the donut challenge, and he's trying to eat. Was it a whole dozen donuts in a round? Is that what it was? I don't know yeah. if you saw that or not. It was great. Yeah. But anyways, so uh, I just I I interv- I sat down with with Tally the other night, and I wanted to give him a chance to respond to the comments you made, and. So there we go. So we'll uh, keep everybody posted on when this match takes place. I don't know when when that'll be, but hopefully I can I can attend and participate in it, and uh, we'll get some good content for the show. Um, moving on, haters and losers of the week. I did not post it again, Harbin. I keep forgetting. I'm just busy, man. It's it's been a busy week. I'm just gonna start posting. It. Mate, you've got the password, so you can post it. <laughs> You can post it. Um, after haters and losers, by the way, we'll get we had some questions sent into the show on Spotify. Oh, good, good. We'll check on that. Um, uh, but who's your all's haters and losers of the week? I'll start. Harb, are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead with your hater and loser of the week. All right. My hater and loser um is a man in the media. Uh honestly, I believe it's just a man trying to make a name for himself. Uh, which most people know who he is, but that, and also stuff that gets said on ESPN is normally hater and loser quality, but this might be hater and loser of the year for this statement. Uh, for those that don't know, Cowboys star corner Trayvon Diggs tore his ACL in practice this week. The very next day on ESPN, I believe is on first take, Bart Scott. Who is my hater and loser of the week? Was on there with Stephen Stephen A. And uh, I forgot who else he was on there with. And essentially what he said was, he was like, man, the Cowboys were on top of the world for two weeks. Like everything was looking good. And just when you didn't think anything could happen, he said, something always happens to the Dallas Cowboys and starts dying laughing. And he said, I know my man Stephen A. will back me up on that. And if you say something so egregious, like making fun of a man for blowing his knee out, Stephen A., who is a known hater of the Dallas Cowboys, says, whoa, brother, do not attach my name to that statement. It might be the dumbest thing ever said in human history. So, Bart Scott, you're not only a hater and loser. I think you're a phony, you're pitiful, and even for ESPN, this is awful. So... That was making, pretty low. Yeah, making fun of a grown man for tearing his ACL. That's just that's chicken shit. Like that that should never happen. Uh so Bart Scott, you suck. You're my hater and loser of the week. Um Yeah. There you go. What about you, Big Montana? Who's your hater and loser of the week? I have two. I'm leaning towards one, but I want to go with the other one. Okay, I'm going to go with Ryan Day. Ryan Day last (laughs) night won the biggest football game that he's won, I don't know, two, three years since he beat Michigan last. Um, And he attacks in his post-game speech or post-game press conference or mocked up, whatever you want to call it, Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz is death eating a cracker. He can't stand up. Like, Lou Holtz was on college game day and apparently said something about Ohio State. Listen, Lou Holtz is another damn guy. He is a charismatic guy. He was a great coach. 
Um, he basically said Notre Dame was going to beat Ohio State. Ohio State was soft. You know, whatever. It's college game day. Ryan Day had the same energy as if he walked in his house and Lou Holtz had killed his kids and was stringing his wife up. Like, he was so mad. And I'm like, you just won a huge game, the biggest game you're going to play until Penn State or Michigan. Like, brother, relax. And I don't know where he buys his beard dye, but, man, he's got to change. He's got to change. Um, my biggest hater and loser of the week is Ryan Day for being a complete jackass and attacking a 90-year-old man. So I, I didn't. That's a good one. I didn't know what he, what Lou Holtz said, because I saw this last night. But I looked it up this morning. I just looked it up again so I could quote it. So apparently on College Game Day, Lou Holtz said, "Quote: He has lost to Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan twice, and everybody who beats them does so because they're more physical than Ohio State. I think Notre Dame will take the same approach." So that's what Ryan Day was so fired up about at the end of the day. And so he's on the field and he says, I'd like to know where Lou Holtz is right now. And then he goes on what he said about our team. I cannot believe it. This is a tough team right here. We're proud to be from Ohio. It's always been Ohio against the world. That's that in itself. That comment is stupid as all get out because if anybody has followed college football at any at all, they're in their lives knows that the fake news sports media loves Ohio Ohio's a national brand, Ohio State, I'm sorry. It, there's no such thing as Ohio against the world. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But did anybody ever he, find Lou Holtz? He, he was asking where Lou Holtz was. Did anybody find Lou Holtz last night? Hell, he was in bed. He was in bed asleep, didn't all the game. Like, if he would have just said, hey, that was for Lou Holtz and, like, gave a wink, totally fine. Love the pettiness. It would have been funny. You know, whatever. But, like, he was a – like just straight up yelling at the guy. Like I thought he was like going to have a heart attack and just stupid. I'm pretty sure that's the most emotion I've seen out of Ryan day since he's been at Ohio state. The first time in Ryan day acting like a jackass. You remember those Twitter DMS that came out? Uh, that was day, wasn't it? I think I remember that. He, I forgot who it was, but he blew up uh, a guy at Texas, like going like went full paragraph cussing him out and the guy just responded and said okay cool hook him hook him hook him <laughs> yeah hook him <laughs> time we ever, that ever tell you the time that i tweeted at jimmy johnson accidentally the race car nascar driver hall of famer seven time cup champion and uh, i don't know what i was what i was commenting on but apparently he was tagged on it and i said no one cares about boring Jimmy Johnson. Because for those that listen to NASCAR, Jimmy Johnson's very boring. Uh, just kind of doesn't say much, just goes out there on the track and wins, and everybody loved him. And he actually responded and said, I'm not sure that's the case, but happy tweeting. And my Twitter absolutely blew up. I mean, I was getting people wanting to like whip my ass and calling me a loser and all this stuff and i was i had to turn i had to turn my notifications off it got so bad i mean it'd be two three four in the morning and my phone's just dinging 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 so if you don't want to listen to that don't tweet at celebrities i guess so that was my advice for y'all out there or you can if you want to take it 
or you just allow people that follow you to comment on your tweets. True, <laughs> true. Um, my hater and loser of the week. I went back and forth on this. I had several, as like Harbin and I always say. There's, there's all kinds of haters and losers out there, and um, I don't know. Um, I guess my hater and loser of the week. I had two, so I'm going to mention. Uh, this isn't my hater and loser of the week, but it's one I really wanted to do. But I am sick and tired of this Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift crap this talk i'm so sick of it and then i turn that was on my the, other one i okay i turn on the chiefs game today and they just keep showing her i don't care i don't like and these two are perfect for each other by the way i don't know if y'all have seen it but travis kelsey's come out in advertisements for bud light and pfizer and so him and taylor swift are like made for each other because she's a known lib um libtard so there you go i'm sick of that i hope they're happy Happy life to them, but I'm sick of hearing it. But my hater and loser of the week is Deion Sanders. Oh. I hope this shuts everybody up about this guy. Wearing his sunglasses. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I wearing his sunglasses. Wearing his sunglasses everywhere. Look, I like Deion Sanders as a player. I'm just – I feel like – and I know why the media is doing it, because it's driving ratings. Let's just be honest. It's all about ratings, and they've had some big-time ratings. Nine and a half million people – Watched the Colorado Colorado State game that came on at ten thirty at night. That's crazy. That was more than watched Texas Alabama a couple weeks ago. But anyway, um, old Dion got him a slice of uh, humble pie yesterday in the form of an Oregon shellacking at Autzen Stadium. Um, the Oregon Duck came out with a hat on and sunglasses on with his costume. But I kind of saw this coming. Um, I didn't think it would be as bad as it was. I saw like a 35 to 7 top score, but it was, what was it, 49 nothing? I think was the final score, something like that. 2 to 6. Or something, 42 to 6, yeah. So, anyways, it was uh, Colorado, look, man, it's a cool story, I guess, how he's turned them around, but they've not really played anybody. And I think the sign should have been in the stars when they barely escaped Colorado State last week who's not very good um but i'm just i'm over the dion talk i'm not saying he's a fraud like some might say he is but i think this could come crashing down at some point um it's a show um the celebrities that are there i'm just i'm over it i don't get into all that i just want to win football games i could care less about all that it's cool when peyton manning and heath shuler and Grant Williams and all them come back to UT. Now, I did. Now, don't – I'm not a hater. Maybe I am. But I did think it was cool when Lil Wayne walked him out of the tunnel a couple weeks ago. That was that, that was pretty cool. But, uh, anyways, Deion Sanders is my hater and mainly loser of the week because of the shellacking the Buffaloes took in uh, in Eugene this, this past weekend. Uh, two points. Uh, one – if you thought that Oregon game was bad, wait till Caleb Williams walks into Boulder and drops 80 on him. Ooh, yeah, that could get ugly. Weekend. Um, Colorado plays zero defense. Uh, their O-line's not very good. That's going to get ugly. Um, second point, just playing devil's advocate for the Kelsey Swift thing. Taylor Swift's the biggest pop star in the world, and Travis Kelsey is – 
at least the second best player on the most popular football team right now. So, I mean, it is kind of a big deal for a lot of people. Do I agree with you? Yes. But people care. Just because we – I'm sick of it. I mean, yeah, I agree, and it just started. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got it ain't going to stop. It ain't going to stop either. Um, uh, Real quickly, before we wrap this thing up, uh, we had one question sent into us from Spotify from user NickBain1134. Uh, his question is, what are your all's white whales, a.k.a. biggest special guest you'd like to have on the pod? I'll go ahead and answer this one. Uh, Donald Trump. I would love Donald Trump to interview Donald Trump on here. I'd probably be a nervous wreck, but I would love to have him on. Um, and also, by the way, uh, I'll put it on the on the video version of this. But we had the flags flying, the Trump flag and the uh, the MAGA Trump flag and the Tennessee flag, and got three thumbs up from three different people. Like your flag, man, on Saturday at the game. So that would be my biggest special guest, Bane. What would your alls be? Mm. I don't know. Uh, shit, I, that's pretty tough. Maybe we can um, think think about it, and we'll maybe come back to it next week. I kind of caught you off guard with that one. I'm I, I'm gonna go with obtainable guests. Uh, my number one for this show, and I actually DM him probably once a month and uh, trying to get him to come on. It's New Market Mahler. Um, that would be a Mount Rushmore yes. guest for me to have on the show. Um, does he respond to you? No, he never has, but I'm just shooting my shot, boy. <laughs> sliding them yeah. DMs. Um, let me see. You know, I, I think it would be cool if we started to like befriend other podcasts and like, maybe get on theirs and they get on ours. Um, I think that would be neat. Um, I feel like I need to make like a public bet with like Jason Swain or something and be like, Hey man, if you, if this happens, like you got to come on the podcast and like, well, you know, we I met him at, we met him at South Carolina last year and told him yeah, about and the I, podcast I, and gave him a sticker. And, and I definitely wish that we that we had like talked to him about maybe coming on for like ten minutes because I mean, I feel like you're not going to get somebody on here for an hour, but I think it would be cool to like have like somebody on the inside come on here and give their um, opinion. Um, and Jesus Christ, I'd love for him just to show up one day and be on this podcast with us. Um, he's an ultimate volunteer um, and uh, just you know, great guy. I think from a Tennessee, true. Um, I think from a Tennessee uh, perspective, like current people over there, probably, I think Tony Vitello obviously would draw in listeners just because everybody loves Tony V. Um, but I would like to interview, you know, somebody from when I was growing up, like a, a Peyton Manning or a Todd Helton or a R.A. Dickey or um, I'm trying to think basketball wise, like a. Um, I don't know. Don't, don't say Rick Barnes because hell, our numbers are already low. Rick would come I, on I, here, I think. People, people would fall asleep. Rick would come on. He he's a great interview. Yeah, nobody else is asking. All right, perfect storm. Well, this isn't perfect storm, but it'd be awesome. This is the most random I can think of. 
we got Big Gulp on here. That'd be awesome. I loved him. Uh, but the Who? number one, Big Gulp, the assistant basketball coach. Oh, oh, Big Gulp, yes. <laughs> I love him. Uh, but the best one in ratings would go through the roof. I mean, ESPN and Barstool might reach out to us after this. Is if we got Phil Fulmer on and let him go head to head with Gavin. That that I'm I'm sorry I just got a text from Gavin and I asked him who his uh who his favorite special guest would be and he said Coach Philip Fulmer would love to talk to him. I think we we would strike liquid gold with that. You know I had uh Gavin and I it was um I think it was before not last year but the year before last the 21 season we had Troy Fleming on former Vol played in the early 2000s and I know Troy personally we worked together in in the uh parks and recreation field and uh had him on but ratings were very low and I I told him that nobody listened and he just laughed so maybe I can get him on again he's got some connections um but we'll we'll work on that Bane. Not- we'll, we'll try to get we'll try to get some uh we'll try to get some special guests on here besides Brett Stanton and Kevin Griff <laughs> Do you know who I want on here that's very, very obtainable and it should happen with a text in the next week? Chad Grubb. Chad Grubb's got a lot of asinine opinions, and I love hearing them. Um, but Chad Grubb would be my ultimate guest. Chad, if you can pull up a chair right here anytime you want, brother, um, you should come. Uh, do it with us. And if you don't, buddy, you're soft as pie. That's how I, that's how soft, I as, big cream. soft as a cream pie. Mm. We need to get him. We can. I'll see if uh, when the when baseball playoffs start. You know, big Braves fan. So, by the way, the Cubs are hanging on for dear life for the last wild card spot. They're a game up on Miami or Florida. I still call them, but uh, they are in Atlanta Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then at Milwaukee Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Just like it's not looking good. I'm. I'm a nervous – well, I'm not a nervous wreck. Like, I don't <laughs> – not on edge about it. If they, I wasn't expecting them to make the playoffs at the start of the year anyways. I'm glad they're in contention uh, for the first time in a few years. So, uh, we'll we'll see. But they're, they swept Colorado this weekend, and then they, uh, they lost two out of three to Pittsburgh. They've been on a slide here lately. But we'll see what they do. I don't know if the Braves are going to be resting starters or not this week. And the same with the Brewers. They might be trying to set up their – their rotations for for the next week or so but uh baseball's in the last week of the regular season and it's it's playoff time one of my Not- favorite one of my favorite times of the year i know march and april is probably my favorite time but when october that first round of the major league baseball playoffs is is really cool it's not playoff time in boston uh we've had an interesting last couple weeks uh yep. this team was never supposed to compete going into the year um, ownership brought in a GM to cut budget, uh, Heim Bloom from Tampa Bay. Uh, he did his job. He got rid of the David Price and the Mookie Betts and the Xander Bogarts contracts, and he did exactly what he was asked of, and then they canned him for it. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, yep. As a kind of glad, because I want a guy in there that will actually spend the money we have, but Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what direction the, the Red Sox are going in, but we'll, we will see. 
Well, fellas, I appreciate it. It was good to have the crew back. We're we're running low on time here on our free versions of the Zoom. So, um, again, appreciate everybody that listened last week. I hope you all are returning back and listening to us. Over 500 and something views and listens last week. So, remember, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. And we're also on YouTube. Like, subscribe. Our subscribers on YouTube increased by 12 people last week. So, huge increase but uh anyways it is cool to have that many people i don't know how long everybody listened but appreciate you joining in boys we'll see you saturday at the tailgate go vols come ready to make a difference in neyland stadium if you're going in that's right uh this game is personal um mostly for the players but for us too. come in get loud Back them boys, make it hell for Beamer and Rattler and company. And as far as the team goes, step your shit up and let's get on track. You know, let's get some revenge from last year. Let's get some momentum heading into A&M. Support them boys. Uh, come tailgate Saturday. We're going to be there probably 1 p.m. If you plan to eat, please reach out to one of us. Um probably throw in five dollars in a hat and we'll figure it out I'm not going to gouge y'all uh bring your own chocolate milk let's have a good time that's it for us we'll see you guys next week on the section yy8 podcast go vols Once I had a girl